Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, December 6th, 2021. Anybody can say anything they want. Talk is cheap. Talk is easy. I can say, I'm going to be a professional golfer. That's easy to say. It's easy to put the words together, I'm going to be a professional golfer. I just did it again. It's really, really hard, though, to actually go and back up those words. Anybody can say anything that they want. It's easy to say things. It's easy to make claims. It's hard, though, to often live those claims out. And we're going to think about that as it pertains to the Christian life today. It's easy to say bold statements about Christianity or your faith or your love for the Lord. It's harder to back those statements up. And we're going to see some of that example today, starting in John 13, 31 through 38. Now, as we look at these eight verses Today, we're going to see Peter talk a pretty big game, but we already know the outcome of the story. He doesn't back it up. And we're going to contrast that talk with um, something else that Jesus tells us to do. Well, we'll kind of start at the end of the passage where Jesus tell or Peter uh, talks his big game. Simon Peter says in verse 36, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. And that's where we know the story. We know that's exactly what happens. So Peter talks this big game. I will lay down my life for you. But within hours, he doesn't back that up. And what we're going to see is talk is easy. Even today, right? You will hear people and maybe you'll say things about your commitment to Christ. I will never back down. I'll never give in to the pressures of the world. I'm going to keep going strong for Christ. It's easy to say those things. It's a lot harder to actually do those things. And specifically, right before that, Jesus gave us something that, well, it can be really hard to do. And he tells them what he wants from them as he is leaving. In verse 34, he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now we're getting into the territory of something that's difficult. It's actually difficult to love others. Why is that? Well, part of biblical love is putting others' needs above your own. Uh, really putting others before yourself. And that's hard for us, right? Our flesh wants us to be put first, but actually doing what it takes to put other people first, that's difficult. And that's even another thing. It's easy to say, I love you. It's harder to actually live that love out. But notice uh, what Jesus says will define Christians. 
He doesn't say they will know you are my Christians by your strong talk about how committed you are to me. Oh, they will know you are Christians by how much you say you love each other. No, they will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus is calling us to something more difficult than just saying the right words. He's calling us to actually back that up. And in particular, he is calling us to love one another. And I would encourage you just to think about your own life. Now, should we all desire to be faithful to Christ? Obviously, and we're going to see an example of that in a moment. But we have to realize that what's more important than just posting Bible verses on Facebook or you know telling people how strong and committed of a Christian we are is actually loving people and loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, those statements of loyalty to Christ are good, but they are meaningless if they're not backed up by actual loyalty to Christ and doing the main thing that Christ told us to do, which is to love each other, right? And just think about your own life. Is that's what really going to characterize you this week? And I want you to think about the week ahead and really to pray, really to seek to faithfully love your brothers and sisters in Christ this week. And that's where it gets hard because you know what? Some of those brothers and sisters in Christ, they can be hard to love sometimes. Sometimes they'll do things that upset you. Sometimes they will even sin against you. But where the love of Christ shows up is as love expresses itself in forgiveness, as love expresses itself in patience, as love expresses itself in sacrifice. Is that really what you're going to be committed to? Is that really what you're going to focus on this week? Our statements of loyalty to Christ, those can be good things, but they're meaningless if they're not backed up by this love for one another. And next we look at Daniel chapters three and four. And as we look at these chapters, we see an example of some people that actually had to back up their statement of loyalty to Christ in the three friends of Daniel, who we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are his three friends and those names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are their Babylonian names. You see them referred to in chapter two by their Hebrew names, but they are friends of Daniel and they go through this situation where this golden image is set up and Nebuchadnezzar commands everybody to bow down and worship when the music is played. But these men will not bow the knee. They are being loyal to Christ. And they say some strong words, right? They say in verse 16, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So there's that strong talk. We will not back down. We will not compromise. We will serve the Lord. But then they actually have to back it up and they are faithful even to the point of persecution. And as we consider the example of these three men, we should be challenged ourselves to follow their example if it comes to that, right? Probably most of you, there there is not some directly 
comparable situation that you're dealing with today or this week, but there will be moments in your life where you have to choose between compromise or faithfulness. And who knows, it might come to a point where it really is something more extreme like this, where it comes down to your job or your life or or some relationship or being faithful to God. And these men, they seem pretty humble, pretty respectful, but also very clear in what they are going to do. And God ends up delivering them in that amazing story, right? And that's where we need to realize right now, when many of us are not faced with this situation, our talk is somewhat cheap. It's easy to say, I'm going to stand for Christ. I'm not going to back down. But what we need to be cultivating those habits of faithfulness. And really, if we're talking a big game, but we're not actually showing love to our brothers and sisters on a regular basis, when that time actually comes, I doubt whether we will back up that strong talk like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, right? So let's make our focus on actually obeying Christ. And even that's just an important principle for us to think we're going to show our loyalty to Christ more than we're going to say our loyalty to Christ. And again, I'm not saying we shouldn't say our loyalty to Christ. Uh, No, that's important, but that is meaningless if we don't show it. So are you showing your loyalty to Christ this week? That's the question I want you to ask and to pray through and that you would see that faithfulness in your life so that when it might come to that moment, right, you're ready because you've been faithfully following Christ all along and not just saying your loyalty to him, but showing that loyalty. Next, let's go to, well, first, let's notice something in Daniel chapter four. Now, let's imagine the context of these two chapters, right? Nebuchadnezzar throws three of Daniel's friends into the fiery furnace. He tries to kill three of Daniel's friends. And then he has another dream, a dream that has a bad interpretation for him, a dream that basically means, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to go crazy. You're going to basically lose your kingdom for a while until God shows you what's what and restores you, right? And Daniel is brought to um, Daniel is brought to interpret this second dream. Now, imagine you have just had heard about your friends being, well, attempted to be killed by this man. This man is an unjust man. This man is a wicked man. And this man has tried to hurt people that you love. And now you hear this man is going to basically get what's coming to him. How would you respond? You might say, ha, Nebuchadnezzar, guess what's going to happen to you? Notice how Daniel responds. He, He says to the king, it's his Belteshazzar, that's Daniel's Babylonian name, answered and said, my Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. In that moment where Daniel is going to basically call out Nebuchadnezzar and tell him that God is going to judge him for his sin. He doesn't respond kind of with this gleeful, you're going to get yours now, Nebuchadnezzar. No, he responds kind of with compassion for Nebuchadnezzar. And notice even at the end, he calls Nebuchadnezzar to repentance. In verse 27, after he's interpreted the dream, he says, therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. 
And there, I think we should see what should be our heart as we look out at the world around us. When we see judgment coming on unbelievers, we shouldn't have this gleeful, told you so tone. We should have a tone of compassion that continues to call these people to repentance. That should be our heart. And I think we see an amazing example of Daniel. And I think that should influence us even as we read passages like Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 12, which describes really this horrific uh, expression of God's judgment. I mean, it sounds pretty awful to experience what is described here, where the abyss opens and then these locusts come with the ability to, to sting people, is power in their tails that makes people suffer so much that they will long to die. That sounds awful. And even as we read about that, even as we read about the judgment that is going to come on the world, our heart shouldn't just be, ha, see world, you're going to get what you deserve. Our heart should be one of compassion for the world, and that should be extra motivation for us to call people to repentance, right? That should be our general posture towards this sinful world. We're compassionate, but we're calling them to repentance, right? And we need both of those. If we're just compassionate without calling them to repentance, that's not what God has called us to do. But if we're just kind of gleefully expecting God's judgment upon them. That's also not what we see in Jesus. That's not what we see in Daniel. That's not really what we see God directing us to have in our hearts, at least not at this point uh, in our time. So let's let those passages be a warning to us in that. Finally, we'll wrap up with Psalm 139 verses 1 through 8. And here it's a very familiar uh, psalm just about God's presence and even his omnipresence. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knock knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. And there should be a mixture as we start going through this psalm, both of kind of caution and also of comfort, right? God has searched and known us, right? There there should be a caution to us through this that God, I'm not going to get away with anything. God knows where I am at all times, but there should also be that comfort that this knowledge is wonderful, that God is with us. And as we go on, hopefully you'll experience a little bit of both of those feelings as we look at this psalm together. But as we start this new week together, let's uh, make our heart not just to be to say strong things, but to really faithfully live out what God has called us to. Talk is cheap. Love is is hard. And let's do the hard task of, of loving each other faithfully this week. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.